0: Greetings, Veronica. Uh hi hi John. Ah, I see you recognize my face. Uh, I certainly th- recognize yours. Perhaps you remember last year when you traveled repeatedly and made it difficult for us to release this show on a regular schedule.
1: Oh yeah, but but I did apologize for that. I thought we were cool.
0: Oh. We were cool. But like the old saying says, revenge is a dish best served cool. Which is why I moved across the country and got a new job and made it difficult to record regularly this year.
1: God damn it. John!
0: <laughs> oh boy, you're editing the episode with that yell in it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you, John?
0: Oh, just swell. I'm in the middle of a uh, 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 COVID exposure quarantine. I feel fine, Ooh, but I'm sexy. not going to the Dodgers game I was supposed to go to tonight.
1: Ah, and you love baseball.
0: I—that's—I fans of the show will know I talk about baseball on nearly every episode.
1: Yes, yes. But I do it's it always un- in code. I do
0: it under the theme song so people can't
1: hear it. <laughs> yeah, I usually kind of just like put that on a separate silent track. <laughs> anyway, why are we here except for to talk about baseball?
0: <laughs> well, we're here because this is Box Office Time Machine, the show where we talk about the number one movie at the box office, either from the current weekend Or, like today's episode, A Weekend from the Past. I'm John Bershad.
1: I'm Veronica Urovsky.
0: Veronica, what what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about uh, Star Trek, colon. Uh, Is it Revenge? Oh my god, I don't even remember the movie.
0: It's The Dance of Khan.
1: The Dance of Khan? Okay, that sounds wrong to me. The Uh, Bath
0: of Khan in which what? he, Ricardo Montalban, sits in a jacuzzi for two hours.
1: This is actually pretty concerning. I've seen this movie. Like, I watched it yesterday. What is it called? Wait, do you re- I, I, this isn't a bit? No, I truly forgot. It's something of con. <laughs>
0: I I feel like I shouldn't tell you. We should like wait to see how long into the episode it takes for you to remember the name of the movie we are ostensibly discussing.
1: I have watched the movie. I can't believe I forgot the name of it.
0: That (laughs) is so much. Welcome everyone to a really in-depth, (laughs) well-researched episode about Star Trek Two.
1: Wrath. Wrath. (laughs)
0: that's the one you see i when i said like bath and dance they like they were nigh rhymes
1: how is dance a a rhyme rhyme. it's a slant rhyme deal with it (laughs) (laughs) uh yes uh so what is your history with the star trek franchise john
0: uh incredibly limited Mm -hmm. Uh, I, i was watching this movie and, you know, like, Star Trek is is one of the big franchises. It's omnipresent. But I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, I've really never watched any of this. Yeah. Uh, because I did. I watched uh, Generations and First Contact years ago. So many years ago uh, that I do not remember them. I watched them with my aunt, who is a huge Star Trek fan. Aww. Um, uh, well, Generations I watched with her. But then... Like I like when they f- first came out I didn't see them in the theaters But I guess first on VHS um, And then I remember seeing one episode Of the original series in a school class I don't remember what class I don't remember Kudos if it was college lazy or high teacher. school But I recall <laughs> that it was an episode Where they went back in time to gangster era uh, I think were it's a famous gangsta- episode like, Were uh, there from-
1: gangster aliens? Or
0: it was some someone was trying to affect the past and then either Kirk or Spock fell in love with a woman but they couldn't stop her death this is how Classic. angry are any Star Trek fans listening to this <laughs> I think this is a really famous episode I don't remember shit you couldn't remember the name of the fucking movie <laughs> Um, But yeah, other than that, I saw the 2009 J.J. Abrams movie, thought it was okay. I saw the 20-whatever Into the Darkness sequel, uh, which is basically a remake of this movie. And I thought that was one of the worst uh, blockbuster films I've ever seen. Um, Oh, wow. Rise Rise of uh, uh, Skywalker probably took its place. Sorry, J.J. Abrams, I didn't realize I disliked your movies this much. But yeah, those are two of the worst... Blockbusters I've ever seen, um but that's it. That's really all I have with Star Trek. What about you?
1: um uh, mine I think is even more limited than yours. <laughs> I have, I've never seen any episode of any incarnation of any of the TV shows in any context whatsoever, as far as I recall. <laughs> but I have seen the J.J. Abrams 2009 movie but it was at a drive-in where it started raining. And like, so we had to watch it inside the car and, and the screen kept fogging up, like our windshield kept fogging that's like up. It's like you're
0: watching it while going through warp speed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I didn't appreciate that at the time, uh, but <laughs> so, and I guess, yeah, I think that's it. I, I watched that Black Mirror episode that, Is about Star Trek, I guess.
0: The one with Jesse Plemons. Yeah. (laughs) Well, then yeah, you're you're Uh, you're a mega mega fan. You're a regular trekker.
1: Yeah. So I just, but I heard that this. So I guess like we should say that maybe the reason why we picked this is we thought this would be fun. Like, because I think like this movie has a reputation of being like the good Star Trek movie.
0: Okay. Well. Veronica you you said we thought this would be fun which would imply that you did not have fun.
1: Um I guess it's just I I don't think I hated it or anything like that. It was just that it didn't really do much for me. I think this movie is very it's staged like a long episode of a TV show. Yeah. It, it in my opinion, it's like it doesn't feel like an action movie set in space. Sometimes it feels like a procedural set in space or like an episodic drama set in space. But it's just like, it lacked... I think it lacked a lot of sort of the movie-making devices that modern movies use for these genres of movies. And so it was just... I don't know it felt kind of underwhelming and stayed uh I did like the Ricardo Montalban performance I thought he was like really hamming it up and it was fun but I feel like he was the only one who was like giving like a fun performance and everyone else was just like doing their tv characters I guess when I don't know how did you feel
0: Well, I, I felt similarly, maybe more positively than you did, partly because I recognized, I don't know, there's a, as much as I complain about, uh, uh, you know, rampant fan service in movies, in like the Marvel movies and the the recent Star Wars movies, when blockbusters will just stop dead in, uh, in their place for, for dumb fan service, this, this movie does have what well, seems to be a lot of fan service that i didn't get not being a fan but it's not like this is the second movie a continuation of a tv show i feel like i'm not give it like <laughs> so that's on me that i don't like every time right. they would do a little like winking thing from one of the regular characters of the show i'd be like i bet i bet that means something um yeah. and i i do know these characters enough to be like oh yep Bo- bones and spock are at it again <laughs> Um, but uh but yeah i
1: i I watched it with my boyfriend who grew up watching these movies over and over and over again and i had to keep asking him questions like that i was like why is bone so mean to spock i i didn't understand any of it or there was like a few lines there were uh told to uh uh james t kirk where i was like thank you for calling him by his full name Tiberius, I believe is oh, the yeah. T. that's what the T stands for. But there were a few lines where it's like, oh yeah, he's like a cocky guy or whatever. I feel like there's a lot of like stuff like that that's about the dynamic, which I appreciate it to be honest not to be, because I assume most people who watch these movies know the characters. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't my issue. I, but yeah, it's just, I feel like as someone who has no emotional connection to this franchise, I don't know that this movie is for them in yeah, the year I, 2022.
0: I would I would I don't I think this is maybe not a good starting point. Um but on some <laughs> level like all the characters are all the characters that matter to this story are clearly introduced. I think right. what what's interesting, you said it it's lacking a lot of the movie tropes. There is a clear arc for you know kirk and there is a major tv development in that one of the major characters dies but the story but it does just kind of feel like a long long episode except for those parts i mean the fact that like correct me if i'm wrong does do kirk and and khan ever share the same physical space
1: i don't think they do i kept waiting for them to have conflicts and I kept waiting for that con line that I knew was happening I did not realize that it was uttered at like a video screen I, f- I don't know yeah it was odd I right?
0: feel like Montauban could have filmed most of his scenes in like a day when it's just he and that his young like uh, lieutenant just arguing on the on the uh, deck of the ship
1: I mean, I would not be surprised if that was the case. My hypothesis was that he was uh, filming a Mad Max uh, musical adaptation. (laughs) uh, Which is why they had all these very, like, uh, post-apocalyptic costumes.
0: (laughs) I I love the uh, costumes.
1: Oh, the costumes were wonderful. I think, like, it's just... It feels like the energy that he brings to this is very much opposite of what everyone else does. And I don't know whether it's because everyone is there because, I don't know. Like, at this point, I don't know if, if William Shatner or all the regulars actually wanted to do this movie or whether it was, like, a paycheck for them and that's why they're not trying. I feel like William Shatner is, like, not good in this movie. His acting is pretty... One note, especially at the end. I don't know if we want to spoil the end, but like major character dies, and I think I don't we know can his spoil reaction. it. Like <laughs> Spock dies, and his reaction to. I understand that Spock would not be emotional because that's not logical, but I feel like he should be emotional. I I don't know. It's just it felt, and I think the thing that. Uh, when I said it doesn't have the movie tropes, what I mean more is just about the general production of it. It just, it really feels like it was made as the kind of a TV show that would be made in that era. Like the camera work is not dynamic. It's very uninventive in terms of framing or anything like that. The score sometimes does not, actually underscore the emotional moments. It just, it feels like sometimes it disappears entirely. Sometimes when it's supposed to be sort of like an action scene where you're supposed to kind of show like momentum buildup, it would be more of like a quizzical kind of uh cue. I don't know. All of it was just, for me, like watching in the year 2022 just felt very out of step with the, like, if this movie were remade today, it would be made differently. Maybe it would not be better, but it would definitely just have more competency behind it, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, some some things, and, and uh, uh, you say if it was remade today, we can talk about into Star Trek Into Darkness in a few minutes, because right, that yeah. truly is terrible. <laughs> But uh, and is basically the same movie, but also with a bunch of nine eleven truther stuff in it because the screenwriter oh, is God. a 9-11 truther. Um, <laughs> but but um, it is is that true? That That's is, awful. That I is true. Know that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. It, uh, it, uh, sure, whatever. I'm pretty. I'm sure enough. Look it. Look it up yourself. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, this movie, I, what an interesting thing is that, so there was the TV show. And then years later, they make the first film. And Gene Roddenberry, the creator of the show, helms the first movie. They have this huge budget. And from what I gather, I've never seen the first one. <laughs> Sorry uh, if I'm very wrong. Uh, but I'm pretty sure, like, that movie came out and basically did not have... At any action, like blockbuster action at all. Gene Roddenberry wrote just kind of an optimistic, utopian episode of the TV show, and the movie did very poorly. So they made this second one with a drastically cut budget. Um, they kind of pushed Gene Roddenberry out, and they're like, okay, let's make it now kind of a swashbuckling adventure. So the budget is very cut, and the actors might kind of be... Oh boy, here we go again for another failure. Meanwhile, they are all they all are very old. Uh, yeah. you, you wonder if uh, anyone's just here for the paycheck. From reading uh, uh, some uh, research last night, it sounds like Nimoy was brought back with the Harrison Ford Force of Awakens rule of I'll come back as long as you kill my character. Um, <laughs> I think it was less, that's what he said, but they're like, if you come back, we'll give you this noble death scene. Um, but I'm sure all of them thought it was kind of over after this one. They thought this would kind of bomb as well, but instead it was a massive, massive hit. Um, as were the two that followed that kind of continued this story. But, but it does, I, so I wonder if that is kind of the feeling that this is like, maybe some of them being like, all right, here we go again. Yeah. But I do want to talk about it's funny we were going to we were supposed to do an episode on Top Gun last week and neither of us found the time to record it. But one of the things I was going to say about that movie is I did not like the first Top Gun. But watching the second one, there's just something about seeing characters who have been allowed to age because the actors have aged and time has passed and just seeing characters who we know as being young just kind of deal with age. Like no matter what the silly like character how silly the property is and how silly the characters are, that's just a story that will always be resonant. And so we kind of have that here with this story about Kirk uh feeling very feeling very old and getting like having his passions reignited. However, unlike Top Gun Maverick, which I really enjoyed much more than the original, I do feel like That arc is so subdued in this in the same way a episodic TV show would where a character kind of changes, but not not really that much. We get kind of the beginnings and ends of that arc. But then in the middle, it's just kind of like, what's going on with these these messages we're getting? These transmissions? (laughs) How's Kirstie Alley doing?
1: Yeah, her at first I didn't pay attention to her ears and I was like, this is like just like very one note acting job. (laughs) I was very surprised because I actually do like Kirstie Alley. And then I was like, Oh, she's, she's one of them. I see. (laughs) Uh, It also, I, in that opening scene, it was so funny because basically the only trick they seem to have in terms of adding that, uh, dynamicism, how would you say that? I don't know. Uh, Anyway, like making a scene more dynamic. Uh, was just having people either spin in their chairs to face a camera or, like, turn their heads to face a camera. And if you, you can, like, start counting in the opening sequence, it happens, like, over 20 times. Each time they, like, turn to a character, it's, like, someone spins into, like, the frame or someone, like, turns their head. It was, yeah, it was just, like, un... un- I don't know. Unexciting. I wanted this to be exciting, like it. It wasn't exciting at all.
0: I yeah. I I'm bummed out that I I also was a little bored, and I I I feel like like we definitely were missing something here. I wonder how. Is it just that this doesn't work as an entry point? Is it that? This just feels very subdued. I maybe we should have gotten a Star Trek super fan on the show. Well, what did what did Corey think?
1: Uh, I mean, he he just has a big fondness for it from when he was young. Though his favorite movie is the one with the whales, which Part is not four. this movie. Uh, yeah, maybe it's called The Voyage Home. I yes,
0: because they uh, search for Spock next. By the way, spoiler for a movie we haven't seen. Uh, they kill off his son in the next movie.
1: But they also bring him back to life. The next one is called Search for Spock right?
0: No well they bring Spock back to life. they don't yeah. bring his son they don't bring Kirk's son back to life.
1: Oh yeah. the whole son subplot was pretty odd. It's because so this woman just decided not to tell him that he had a son. Well, Kirk's
0: that a fuckboy. He wasn't gonna be a good Is dad. A-
1: but at least he should know that he has a son. And then out of nowhere. Well, that's at that's the an end-
0: ethical argument, but like that's it's what the character did. I don't find it like implausible as a character action.
1: Sure, I suppose not. Uh, but <laughs> I think sort of what uh as you were saying about The character arc, though, I think it's sort of the same thing with the son. Because at the end, they have this scene which feels kind of unearned, where he was like, I am now proud to call you my father, which seems to imply the kind of arc we did not see of him kind of struggling to accept Kirk and maybe Kirk wanting to be a father or wanting to be a good role model and failing and finally kind of coming around and proving his worth by also defeating Khan. But none of that really happened, right?
0: Yeah. I. I so the first scene we get that uh, 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 Marcus, David, David Marcus, the son's name is, yes, David Marcus is Kirk's son. So he is, the the son of dr carol marcus who she makes clear that she heavily implies that she had a romantic relationship with kirk uh years ago when they're first brought up but so later when kirk meets the two of them she says that he's that david is his david is her son and kirk gives him a look um did did you at at that moment recognize that that meant that that he was Kirk's son because I had been, I had just flipped through the Wikipedia earlier to see an an actor's name and saw that he was Kirk's son.
1: Oh yeah. I assumed so. I assumed they had a thing and he was somehow his son, but yeah,
0: it's, (laughs) it's, it's so low key. So that ends. And then the, the Kirk, Kirk and, and Carol Marcus are like, everyone go, go check out the other room and they leave. And he's just like, huh? Well, wish you'd told me that I had a son. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's it's so it's not that dramatic. But then again, late later in that scene, he has a moment. You you criticize Shatner's performance, uh, but I thought this moment was good, and this was one of the strongest beats uh, in his arc, where he's like, I just found out that there is a man out there that ha- that I haven't seen in fifteen years that desperately wants to kill me. And I've just found out I have a son who's not that far off. And he's like, I'm just thinking about the way my life could have been or something like that. And it did, you know, this kind of like, well, what would you say Kirk's arc is? So at the end, like Spock's sacrifice seemed to rejuvenate something in him.
1: Well, it seems, so this is from something Corey said is that, I guess in a previous movie or something, he went too far or something like that, which is why he's no longer commanding a ship. Mm. So it seems to me that I think his arc is also kind of getting back uh, into that commanding role and getting the confidence back to lead a mission. Because there seem to be a few steps also along in the movie where people are trying to coax him into being a captain again right i
0: thought he would just be, so, i thought he was just like uh, cuz i didn't know that from the previous movie i interpreted it as him just being like i'm too old i've retired and they're like and they're mm. like well wouldn't you love to still do it and in his heart he's like yeah i fucking would but come on guys stop you know i'm too old like that's how i interpreted it which is why at the end, where he's just like, where, like, it's a nice moment where he's like, I feel young. But I'm like, well, what when did, when did Spock dying change that about you? But I guess that makes more sense if he was actually feeling, it was more that he was feeling uh, like he'd lost a step.
1: Yeah, I think that's at least like that was my impression of it. He's kind of, he's lost uh, a step. He's still kind of like a rule breaker. So he, uh, they give him the foil of uh the Kirstie Alley character, who's very by the book, uh Vulcan lady, and so they have that conflict of like, how much can he bend the rules and still like be himself, but still also like protect people and not kill people. Uh, so I guess that's sort of like his arc, I suppose, but I don't know. I guess like it's also. That like having shoddy character arcs is definitely a thing that's still a thing in movie making to this day. (laughs) So I feel like I don't wanna like ding this movie necessarily for maybe not having that satisfactory of an arc. It's just, it really did feel old fashioned in so many other ways to me, I
0: guess. So do you think, and, and we're coming at it with the limited information of not having seen much of this franchise, but do you think that this movie is held in such high regards and i found it fun i did find it fun even though i was you know bored by a lot of parts but it's it's a very old movie um you know it's it's a right. little dated um but do you think
1: it's older than us it is
0: um do you think it's in a high regard because of the big the the like that one big emotional moment of Spock's death, which I do think is handled very well, although it kind of does seem to come out of nowhere.
1: Um, (laughs) He's just
0: like, okay, I guess I'm dying now. The music is happy and then it's not. Um, But like, do you think it's held in high regard because there's that great moment, because Khan is, because uh, 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 Montalban gives such a fun villain performance, And that's it. Or is there a bunch of through line stuff that you and I just don't have the knowledge to fully appreciate?
1: I mean, I'm very open to the possibility that the latter is true. I'm definitely sure that there's like a lot of stuff that we did not understand about character dynamics, but I wonder if it is kind of that, you know, uh, Like the Empire Strikes Back uh, or whatever thing where the second sequel or I guess the first sequel is the dark one. Like something doesn't happen, like the movie doesn't end on a happy note. There's still darkness and it feels deeper and like a better movie and a more dramatic movie. And it feels like this movie is basically the Empire Strikes Back maybe of its franchise. I've definitely seen that comparison before. So I wonder if it's just, it's more regarded because it does go darker than others, but though maybe not as dark as Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> but I don't know.
0: Star Trek Into Darkness. To take, take a little break. I mean, it's been years since I saw it. But it is so many bad elements of modern blockbusters combined into one movie. First off, they have the dumb... It's it's in the wave of uh, post-Dark Knight movies where the villain is a twisted mastermind who gets captured on purpose because he's thought of every angle. But then they have the thing where for the <laughs> first few scenes, like uh, Cumberbatch is like, my name is... gary spaceman just a regular average (laughs) joe and then a third of the way through the movie he goes just kidding my name is khan and they zoom in on his face and all the characters go oh my god but the thing is in this movie khan is a character from the tv show but in that movie, mm-hmm. none of the characters have met Benedict Cumberbatch before, so it means nothing to them. <laughs> then there's a whole thing where they do replicate Spock's death, but instead the role the roles are reversed and Kirk dies. Ooh. But they have found out in that movie they found the trifids, which I know are also a Star Trek thing, which little fr- trifles or whatever, but they're little furry things. And uh, Bones cut him up, cuts them open and found, finds out that their blood can heal anything. So Kirk dies, but then they just rub furry alien blood on him and he comes back. And the movie does not acknowledge that this means that they have cured death.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just a truly terrible movie. And if, there, if there's anything I can say, this was so many times better than this. Um, while I feel like that I, movie I, has like I, you know that has the modern blockbuster things of like you know the 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 main protagonist and antagonist meet and share a scene together it also has all the worst part of blockbusters and so yeah it, it reminds me of wait so this was 82 right yep. what year was Die Hard uh
1: 88 no 84 no, that's like Moonlighting was 84. I think maybe Die Hard 86 was late 80. Uh
0: 88. I was right. 88. Wow, I'm surprised. Oh, I guess it, of course cuz it's at the end of the big muscly action hero phase. Wow, guys, I'm an idiot. Um but uh <laughs> uh but I I I know there's that famous you know the scene in Die Hard where uh, John McClane, uh runs into Alan Rickman and Rickman does the fake, like, right. American accent and pretends to be a hostage. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's a good it's scene. It's a great
0: scene. Well, So, you know, they added that uh, in production. It wasn't in the script because they realized that uh, John that McClane <laughs> and Hans Gruber never meet. They only talk on the radio. <laughs> and yeah. I... I, I mean, feel like of Khan could have used a scene like that.
1: Yeah, I I I guess I'm curious to sort of uh what you thought about the Khan scene, you know? Cuz it's it's been parodied so much. Uh but it really it felt kind of underwhelming watching it uh, myself. Uh, first off, I expected them to kind of zoom up
0: for some <laughs> reason,
1: because I feel like all the parodies have, like, cameras zoom upwards from a person yelling "con," whereas, like, this was kind of zooming only a little bit away from him, like, I guess, horizontally. Uh, but... Yeah, how, how how did you feel about the famous Khan? I thought scene? it was
0: fun. I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed everything between the two of them, even though I wish they had seen each other in person. I thought it worked. Although, in retrospect, it's a little weird because, you know, in the moment, it, it seems like Khan has won and our heroes are trapped on a dead planet for years and years and they'll never get off. But then we find out, it like, two scenes later... That Kirk was just lying, and they're actually fine. Am I am I yeah. getting the order of events wrong?
1: I think you are correct. Right? Yes,
0: because uh, because I, the lying happened before uh, uh, Khan revealed himself when um, the brainwashed uh, uh, Chekhov and Terrell or whatever were brainwashed. I like the earbuds.
1: Right. Earbugs were fun, though I thought Chekhov was legit dead, even after the like the worm escaped his ear, and then you can see him the next few scenes. He's back. Oh in yeah, he, he
0: lived. I, like, I think they happened? oversold it in the beginning of the movie. They're like, it'll control you, and then it'll drive you crazy, and then you'll die. Yeah. Um, I think we're well- supposed.
1: That's what I assumed happened when they zoomed in on the fakest looking (laughs) ear ever and had like blood oozing from it. And the bug, I assumed, at the very least, he will be incapacitated the rest of the movie. But no, he was back. I think
0: we're supposed to interpret that the bugs have kind of a hive mind kind of thing. And when when the one bug died because Terrell killed himself, the other bug also died. But there could have been a line that Mm. said that, uh... I I didn't think he was dead because I was like I was like well everyone talks about Spock dying in this movie they don't also kill Chekov do they <laughs> I guess he's okay um, but.
1: Maybe the actor playing him had a like a similar contractual thing, but it wasn't as like ironclad. So maybe he did it initially. He was like, "I want to die in this." But then, like when Leonard Nimoy said that he was gonna die in it too, they were like, "Oh, actually, you're only gonna be dead for a scene, and then you come back. <laughs> you won't be more." I think mort- his contract
0: said, "I'll come back, but only if Nimoy dies."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah perhaps. I will say the one thing, the one thing I do have for Khan, though, is that his his character's motivations are pretty silly. He's like, his whole thing is just to prove that he is smarter than Captain Kirk. It seems like Though it's, the whole thing was like, yes, and I will be the smartest then. Oh, I will show him I'm the smartest now. Uh, and then he keeps making very dumb well, mistakes. I think,
0: I think that's his characterization from the show. I think because the idea is that he oh, is God. he and his crew before they were stranded um, were genetically engineered uh, people from the 80s, I think, or the 90s or something is what it's supposed to be. Uh, they,
1: which is why they have those. Oh, I
0: think it was the '90s because they say it in this movie. They're like he was created in like '96 <laughs> or something, um, and they were designed to be the strongest and smartest people alive, which is how he can lift up uh, Chekhov in that one scene. Um, I get I yeah. like he's he's deranged for revenge. I think it's fun, and I I do love the idea of ch- taking a random v- a villain of the week from a TV show. And being like, oh, yeah, that thing where you, like, thought you just put, like, thought you just stranded him on a nice planet. Turns out it was a dead planet and you fucked him over, but good. Like, they really never, uh, never, uh, uh, Kirk seems pretty fine with the fact, like.
1: Yeah, I was telling Corey as I was watching this, like. He did do a bad thing. <laughs> you know, Kirk did bad. He stranded them for 15 years. I don't know what they did to deserve it, but it felt. I did a cursory
0: Wikipedia. Uh, I believe Khan did try to murder him in the previous episode. So.
1: Okay, then I guess it was. It's it was
0: not first. It was not first blood. Uh, uh Greedo shot first. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do, I do agree that I think that what makes this kind of compelling is that it is kind of a villain of the week that is now being kind of given a lot more heft. And I think that's, that's a pretty cool observation. I think it is probably like a thing that makes this pretty interesting for people is that it's like a guy they knew before, but sort of reinvented and, you know, badder and better than ever i guess i, guess I
0: just yeah. i just wish like these i like all these major emotional beats in here I, the idea that kirk is feeling like he lost a step this is tied into you know teaching new cadets uh, it's tied into a person two two characters from his past returning um and seeming to reflect negatively on him And then his best friend dying all in this one adventure. I think all of I like all of those ideas. I just wish maybe the connection between them all was a little tighter. I I think part of that is that we never really see Kirk in doubt once the mission starts, even after all those engineers get horribly burnt to death.
1: Yeah, and I think that might be just star trek i feel like it seems like that's the character it it feels like that's how they usually write him he doesn't really doubt himself uh though i guess there was that one scene where he talks uh to the kirsty alley character about how he uh beat that test that's kind of sounds like katamari Damasi. yeah he
0: beat the katamari Katamari Damasi. he he rolled the ball the best
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is it called? Uh, something, something Maru. Maru. Uh, well, I, I guess, but, but that is... Uh, Kobayashi they, Maru. That,
0: the whole theme of that is that he's never had to face death before because he's always refused to lose, which I think is a fun way to uh, handle a character from an episodic TV show because he did always win. So I, I think that's fun. Right. And, and there's that cockiness, which seems to get played. But like that doesn't seem to go with like, he doesn't seem cocky in the early scenes where he's old, where he feels old. I, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of stuff I like. It just doesn't all, it doesn't all hit hit home for me. So in isolation, like, I've seen the scene of Spock dying before. And, like, it's a great scene. I think the two of them perform it really well. Uh, in addition, uh, uh, I think, you know, everyone else in that scene, Bones and Scotty, uh, I think everyone's great in that scene um but in in execution in this movie maybe because those big moments had been built up in my head uh seeing them play out it was just a little underwhelming
1: yeah i think also just from us discussing some of the themes that we did see and some of the elements in the movie i feel like it's yeah, it just feels like if this movie was just made slightly better, uh, maybe it would... Because like if all of these things actually came together on screen in a more satisfying way, I think it would be a very satisfying movie. But I feel like we are sort of... We are looking we are sort of kind of like taking maybe a step back and sort of analyzing what could have been or what they might have been thinking. And sometimes that stuff is not necessarily on screen all the time. And it's up to us to kind of look at it and be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was a movie that did that or whatever? But sometimes that's not how I felt watching the movie, even though we can extrapolate that this is what the movie was attempting to do.
0: Yeah, maybe if, that if, sense. Maybe if like... Kirk had just been fully cocky at the beginning. Like there wasn't the whole, why is your birthday a funeral scene? If instead he was like, I'm fucking Admiral now. Why am I not po- a captain anymore? Cause I've did it all. Like I, I, I won. <laughs> There's nothing left for me to do. And then he's like with these students and he's really cocky. Then he like gets confronted with an old failure and it comes back to bite him and, and then he's like put back on, like back on his feet, and like the Kirsi Alley's character says something about like uh, uh, everyone can, you, you maybe even you still have something to learn. And then he learns from Spock that sometimes there is a no, a no win, and you can handle it with grace. And that the idea that there's more for him to learn inspires him. Maybe that is what's supposed to be going on. But he doesn't yeah. feel in that birthday scene. He doesn't feel like a man who I, I've i conquered every mountain and now there's nothing left for me to see. That doesn't feel like where he's coming from. Right. Am I wrong?
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know that that's the vibe I got necessarily. But that scene was so weird. I feel like I was so distracted by the <laughs> apartment. It looks uh, it was because at first I was like, it looked like Fraser's apartment.
0: <laughs> well, he was hosting a radio show from there. People from around the, the galaxy could call in to the Starfleet Admiral and he would give them advice.
1: And I was also confused because at first I was like, is this in space? And then it seemed like it was on Earth. And I don't know, just a lot of stuff that I just don't understand about a Star Trek
0: Oh, my God. Universe.
1: And what Uhura is possible? Uhura
0: can be like his radio producer handling the phone calls. And Khan can be call again. Oh, it's great.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I feel like this has been.
1: I, <laughs> I would love for a Frasier uh, Wrath of Khan adaptation. That would be lovely.
0: <laughs> so, Fock Niles.
1: Well, uh, maybe Scotty can be Niles. Or maybe Scotty is Daphne,
0: actually. (laughs) I think Spock is the dog, Eddie.
1: Okay. Or uh, what's the dad's Uh, name?
0: John Mahoney.
1: Maybe the dad is Bones.
0: I think the dad is Bones.
1: Yeah, Bones is John Mahoney. It feels like they've
0: I feel like this has been a fairly subdued episode for us. I feel like this movie really (laughs) kind of left us with a bit of a shrug in our shoulders.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. That's definitely accurate. Well, is there anything that you can come up with for our, ooh, this would not fly today segment?
0: Um, gosh. You know, not really, but that's kind of the thing with uh, Star Trek, right? They were, in a lot of ways, fairly ahead of their time uh, until that one producer took control. God, I should stop talking about things I don't know. <laughs> um I, <laughs> I, okay, I have
1: one thing. Uh, it's kind of a minor thing. But uh, as I'm doing a sexual harassment, uh, anti-sexual harassment training. You're not getting works,
0: trained in how to sexual uh,
1: harass-
0: I, That I How to. many shitty uh, no. like, uh, executives have made that exact joke that I have made in fucking offices for the past <laughs> thirty years, Jesus.
1: And how many direct reports had to <laughs> politely laugh as they did so? Um, but there was that scene where, uh, with in an elevator with Kirstie Alley oh. and William Shatner, where he's like, where they talk about her hair, and it like, I don't know, it just it just seems like mildly like. A salty. I don't think it is. I, I think it was supposed to be played for laughs or whatever. But I guess maybe because I've seen like similar scenes and training videos very recently. I was like, oh, that's a hostile work environment. <laughs> it
0: was... Well, I, 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 uh, I'm i trying to remember. I watched this movie over two nights and that was the first night. Uh, I feel like it was fairly... Cause it was just like, you changed your hair or something. It was the kind of... It was like the kind of on the edge, boss, don't say this to your employee kind of thing.
1: But it also just, it didn't contribute anything. Like it felt like the reason why why was in this movie is to maybe show how smooth Kirk is with the ladies or whatever uh, or something. And it was just, I was like, why, why is this even here? I get that this is like obviously on the spectrum of it. A hostile work environments. This is very, very mild. But it was also just like I feel like they would not include a scene like this in a modern movie unless well, like, there was a uh,
0: <laughs> Star Trek it
1: Oh no, what happened in Star, Star, Star Trek into, into darkness, darkness? Had a
0: very heavily uh criticized scene um, where uh carol marcus is in that as well however her uh characterization is completely different because it's a different dimension or whatever the fuck they're doing with that um she is played by oh, what's her name um the blonde actress uh it's not yeah right so few of Um those. uh one of the ones who i think th- they're like all from australia and they all look kind of similar <laughs> alice eve is she from Australia Martha Robbie? Am I completely wrong? She's British. Um, but she's played by Alice Eve. And she in that one, she's the daughter of the Admiral. Who's, and the Admiral's played by RoboCop. And he's committing a false flag because 9-11 truther. Um, but there's a scene where oh, uh, Carol Marcus in that movie has to get changed. And asks Kirk to turn around. And the joke is that he keeps not or something like that and there's just an incredibly leering shot oh boy, of Alice, no. uh, Alice Eve in her underwear and it's it's a kind of thing where it's like look I'm all for putting attractive people in their underwear on screen. Uh I think that's that's something we should do all the time. But there is something about where the way that scene is blocked, shot and and the fact that Kirk is just a <laughs> creep and then the camera is like this is what he gets to see. It's it, that was a rightly criticized scene in a very bad movie. So yeah, uh, William Shatner's Kirk noticing that Kirstie Alley changes her hair was somehow a thousand times better.
1: Oh, for sure. I'm not. I'm not saying. I think also just the age thing made it. That itchier, is true. She's
0: very much. <laughs> she is, he is the admiral. She is a trainee. That that is really. I think what the thing that makes it a little a little icky.
1: Anyway, I think my work is going to be proud of me recognizing uh, uh, a hostile work environment situation <laughs> and saying that's not OK. I,
0: I I'll call your boss and tell, tell them you succeeded. Uh, w- one more question before we grade this movie. Now, if Kirstie Thank Alley you. appears on our Wrath of Khan Frasier uh, uh, adaptation, is she playing Savick? the character from Wrath of Khan, or is she playing Mm -hmm. Rebecca, her character from
1: Cheers? (gasps) Oh my God. We've broken the Cheers Star Trek then Tommy Westfall beams
0: down. I did not
1: expect this to happen on this episode.
0: (laughs) All right. Why don't we...
1: Oh, wow. I feel like that would be quite wonderful.
0: (laughs) Why don't we uh, uh, grade this movie?
1: Three, two, one b minus all right to, back oh, to our normal
0: God. normal <laughs> evaluation um cool so all right well wrath of con we saw it <laughs> check that off the box
1: <laughs>
0: I, I i i this was one of those ones where i sat there and i went i don't know that i have much to say about this movie <laughs> it's it's definitely something i should Same. admit after a listener that. has listened to I, I, an hour of yeah. me talk about it
1: yeah we weren't into this sorry dear they can't all be winners oh boy.
0: well what's next
1: well i think probably our next episode would have to be oh about thor colon love and thunder uh so that would be exciting i'm actually looking yeah. forward to this movie which is not a thing I usually say about I Marvel. I
0: liked Ragnarok quite a bit, not as much as other people. I loved everything, uh, everything in the um, like the Jeff Goldblum gladi- Gladiator Planet, and I was kind of bored by everything on Asgard. Yeah, but Asgard blew up, so maybe the next one will be all good for me.
1: Well, it seems like there's definitely some Oz. Asgard action in the trailer. But there's also Russell Crowe, which I did not realize was in this movie. So that would be fun. (laughs) I'm excited about that. All right.
0: Well, until then, until Love and Thunder, I hope you enjoyed the bath of Khan.
1: (laughs) The bath of Khan (laughs) and the sass of Khan. The
0: sass of Khan. (laughs) would probably and, be an okay name for this movie
1: yeah i i would i bet there's some drag show a star trek themed drag show that's called the sass of you
0: know Khan. what D-
1: and if there isn't we should email this to don't ourselves stop recording i'm gonna it look it happen, up right John. now i'm
0: gonna look up right now listener take your bets is there a drag show called the sass of con i'm googling it
1: Google, Google. We Google, are sponsored by Google. Will I find the thing I'm looking it for? It
0: did not match any documents.
1: Oh, any yep. documents?
0: Let, let's see if I eliminate right. drag.
1: That means the sass of con.com no, is available. No.
0: Listener, that name is up for grabs. Use it however you want.
1: Toot toot. <laughs>